Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at how financial freedom protected one man's family while he was in a coma. My guest in today's show is AJ Osborne. AJ is a real estate investor and self-described freedom fighter who has built up a $150 million portfolio in real estate. It wasn't until AJ became paralyzed from head to toe and placed on life support that he realized how important cash-flowing assets was for him and his family. AJ speaks about how buying cash-flow-producing assets literally saved him and his family's life. If you've not joined our Facebook group, I would highly recommend that you check it out. You could go to Facebook and just type in Cashflow Ninja Community. Everything about our movement is shared there. If you want to support us, please spread the word and subscribe, rate, and review our show on the platform you're using to listen to us that will help other people find the show as well. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com. That's A-S-Y-M capital.com to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobsher, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. AJ, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate you having on, uh, having you on, and lo- really looking forward to this conversation. So, thank you so much for spending some time with us. Uh, I think a good place would be to start uh, with sharing a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your background and journey with my listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I'm from Boise, Idaho. Um, kind of born and raised over that way. Um, I was originally kind of got started in my career and everything in the insurance world. And uh, um, my father started a brooks firm. I did that. I sold insurance, you know. And um, from there, we moved to real estate, had a lot of lessons and things in life that taught me that what I was doing was probably not going to work out the way I wanted to. So we moved over to real estate with a focus on self-storage. Um, I focused on mergers, acquisitions, things like that for a long time and moved into self-storage because the, the, we, we looked at it in the real estate world as this self-storage facilities are owned by real estate people, but it's not a real estate asset. It's a business. 
And so we'd buy it and we'd turn it around and we'd focus on business operations, capital revenue management, and uh, that worked really, really well. And we could get a lot of really good performance out of that. So we built that out and um, that's primarily what I do. In fact, I'm actually, I hope it's not too echoey or anything. I Not with around my mic, I'm uh, in one of our very large storage facilities right now in another state in Nevada. It's a bankrupt Super Kmart that we purchased and we turned it into a uh, huge indoor, almost automated facility. Um, so that's that's what I do. I also have other companies, product sales, online companies that I've started up and uh, partnering with people. But the bulk of what I do, I, I guess I look at as capital allocation. I look at starting up businesses and allocating capital appropriately and uh, create creating value within them and uh, uh, growing them. So it's worked out very, very well. We have about 150 million in assets um, that me and my partner have. And uh, it's uh, been a, a really good ride. We've hit a really good niche that fit very well to our core competencies and skills. And, and we learned it. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it's done good for us. So and you are a true cash flow guy focusing on cash flow, you know, and yeah. the, the big epiphany for me too, you know, was, I think it was Robert Kiyosaki that was talking about this too, of the, the actually definition of wealth and how you define wealth. And that's the ability, you know, if you stop working today is to ask yourself this question, if you stop working today, how long can you sustain the living standard or your quality of life or the standard of which you're living right now, how long would you be able to stay in that for, for you and your family? Um, and that truly may had an impact on me at, at that stage. Um, and you were of course in a situation, I mean, I was just, we just had a conversation before we started recording. It just amazes me uh, the things that people can overcome and fight through the barriers um, and the things that they can create and achieve, even in the face of adversity. Now, I'm bringing those two together with the cash flow and the adversity that you have to face. Um, is uh, can you share just this experience with my listeners and w- what happened to you and your family? Because it, I think it'll just be super inspirational. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I'd love to. And you know, it fits really well in kind of what we were talking about before. So I, let me take it back a little. Um, you know, you talk about wealth, which has always been something of extreme interest to me. Um, when we have our brokerage and we were selling insurance, um, we were paid by clients and they paid us a commission of the premium. That was the revenue that came into us. And that's how I was paid. If I sold a client, I'd get paid, right? If I didn't, I wouldn't. Well, that was great because I was in control as I thought of my destiny. I could make sales. I could make commissions. I could control how much I would make. I loved it. And two, I loved it even more because it was residual. So that means that I'd sell it and it would keep paying me. And I thought I just hit the lottery. I thought this was this was it. This was the way, right? And I really have three things that I focus on when talking about in entrepreneurship and investing and residual income is one of those things. Um, but it wasn't the whole picture. In fact, it was quite flawed. Really what had happened was I could control my income. And so I was, I'd go out and sell and I made a lot of income. And in turn, I basically became a rich person because I made a lot of money, but it was still an income. Even though I owned the business, I didn't have a, you know, like a boss per se. I they were my bosses, right? The clients were my bosses, and that's how all brokers and things are in in our world. Well, what had happened though was I simply just had a lot of bosses, 
So all my clients were my bosses. I didn't own that revenue. I didn't own that income that I was making and they could leave at any time and they did. And that became very problematic later on, especially when I was trying to expand the business and mergers and acquisitions. And I learned something very important that wealth means you don't have to work for money, right? Being rich means you make a lot of money. I didn't care about being rich. I, 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 didn't, I didn't care about showing off, having lots of toys, anything else like that. I wanted to be wealthy. I wanted to not have to work for money. And I had some pretty big, I made some pretty big mistakes and uh, the cost economically was severe and I'd almost lost a large portion of our business and it was almost devastating. The reason being was we didn't control our revenue and it got away with us. And I thought this could be very problematic because if I want to reach my goals and I want to get to this place where I'm going, but if I can't control my own income, I, I can't I can't get there, right? Because I can't do capital management. I can't take advantages of compound interest. So that's really when I got into my next principle, which was wealth. And that was like, okay, listen, I have to own these revenue sources, right? These lines of revenue, I have to own them or they're not mine. I'm just being paid. I have an income. And uh, I decided that we needed to focus on something that I could create value in. Dry, I could acquire them. I could improve them, a value add strategy. and we we weren't real in the real estate world, um, and that's what led us to once again self storage and looking at business. And uh, I thought I just felt like we needed to do this, and and we started doing this, and it worked really well. And the idea was awesome. Me and my partner, we just killed it, and we got to finally we put tons of money into it. Right, the management, everything we wanted to really control how these businesses were run, and we wanted to really learn and improve it, and we stuck all this management into or money into the company. Well, the first quarter after three years that we'd become profitable from the assets were always profitable, but paying for the management company, everything that we were doing, you know, I was still running our state's largest brokerage firm. I had all these clients, I had all these assets. I was on top of the world, right? It doesn't get any better. I'd finally, as I figured out it, I had finally figured out the key to success. It was first of all, the income is great, right? But then I also had to own the source of income. I had to create wealth. And those were my two pillars. Well, like I learned the second one through big, big problems and trials. Unfortunately, I still had one more pillar to learn because I'd learned the two and I had one more and it was not fun how I learned it, which brings me to what had happened. We, I was on top of the world feeling good and my legs started to hurt. I was not feeling very good. And um, we were actually at the PGA Tour with some clients down in California. And I, um, I, I was working for this big company running all their divisions in our state. And I was like, um, we need to go home. We went home and that night I just got in the tub because my legs were killing me. I mean, they were just absolutely hurt me. And uh, I, I, I went to get out of the tub a few hours later. The kids were in bed. I had four children and uh, my legs wouldn't move. Um, and so I called to my wife and I'm like, my legs aren't, they're not working. I don't, I can't get out of the tub. She got me out. We went to the hospital. Um, they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me within days. I no longer had control of my body. I couldn't breathe on my own. Um, they put me into a coma. They hooked me up to tubes because I lost the ability to do anything. And I, when I, uh, gained, uh, when I came out of the coma and when I really get to, you know, I was paralyzed from head to toe, staring at a wall three days. I mean, it was just that one day I was California partying PGA tour, you know, running life is awesome. Four best kids and most amazing wife you've ever met. The next day I am hooked 
to tubes in a hospital um, that were breathing for me. They were eating for me. I couldn't speak. Um, I communicated through blinking. And um, it was more pain than anything I'd ever imagined in my life. I just pretty much sweat until I passed out because the pain was so overwhelming. I, I couldn't really even fathom. I couldn't, I couldn't function. And no matter how much drugs they gave me to try to stop the pain, they couldn't. Because according to what had happened was I had something called Guillain-Barre. And essentially my body had detected a virus. So I got sick or something and produced mass amounts of white blood cells attack the virus. The white blood cells attacked my nervous system and they okay. destroyed it, ruined all my nerves. My body could no longer communicate with my body or my brain couldn't communicate with my body, left me paralyzed. And they had to hook me up to tubes because my brain and my body were no longer able to, to work together. And the nerves though, were saying, were destroyed. We've been ripped apart to shreds. So my body felt as if I'd been blown to bits, but yet I hadn't, I was just normal, but my nerves were screaming, you know, we're, we're in trouble and things are going bad. So it just created mass amounts of pain. And I lied there on life support for months. And, um, it's been almost two years, I've been coming back. I'm still paralyzed in my lower legs, but I was one of the fastest recovering, um, full, I was paraplegic, uh, patients with Guillain-Barre that they'd had, I was on a ventilator. Um, and I, it took me a long time to get off. And then I went and moved to a wheelchair, went home and they sent me home and I laid in bed paralyzed. My wife took care of me and my kids. I could no longer work. So I no longer worked for the big company running all the business, everything like that. I'd lost that job, which was an extremely high paying job. And which was fine. You know, and I tried, like I tell people I was sitting there one night and I'm sitting in the hospital bed and I'd gone in and it was like, it, you know, it was hot outside. We were outside playing. I'm sitting in the hospital bed and I'm so excited because the hospital was going to grant me the ability to go home for five hours the next day because it was Christmas. And I was watching the snow fall outside and I was so excited because I'm like, my kids are going to open up their Christmas presents. They're going to get all these gifts. My wife had told me and I'm going to be there. I'm going to go home. Like I'm going to be home for the first time. And I was just so excited and overwhelmed. And I thought, and it, it, it gave me a step back. I'm like, I haven't worked not only for months. I don't know if I'll ever work again. I couldn't walk. I, you know, I'm like, I may not ever walk again. I may be in a wheelchair now for the rest of my life. And um, I was just lucky I could use my hands and talk and eat. That to me was a blessing. And yeah. um, I thought the one thing I was, I was excited, but the one thing I wasn't worried about was that how are we going to pay for the presents? How, you know, how are we going to pay for our mortgage? How is my wife going to have to leave my kids and now me paralyzed at home in a bed to get a job to try to pay bills? Um, we didn't have to worry about that. We'd accrued the financial assets and set in place a system that allowed me to not have to work and create that income passively. And that to me in that moment, that cannot be under understated that changed our lives. It changed my children's lives and how we could deal with what was going on and having their dad being hooked to tubes in a hospital and allowing mom to still take care of them. And it was almost shocking to me how important economic freedom is. And we almost don't even realize it. Yes, we all want economic freedom to go travel, to go achieve all our goals, everything else like that. But it's more than that. 
it, it really is necessary. And the fact that most people don't even understand the basics, um, I thought, you know, this is something I really hope that I can help people out. And I really, really want to change because it, it changed being, it saved our financial life. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue-chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and self-storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and stealth storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash real asset investor. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's just so much that you shared there and so many things that come to mind, but, you know, and... and I love what you just what you just said and how you finished the, um, what you share too is, you know, we think of financial freedom as traveling, the ability to travel and the ability to do this and the ability to do that. But it's also, you know, at that stage by being economic, uh, economically and financially independent, you know, saved, the, saved your family at that stage, right? And allowed you that there's a battle in front of you and there's a battle as a family together of getting through this time, you know, the money didn't have to be part of that. Um, and what that, that brings to the table, I mean, and, and that's the whole thing, that's the whole mission and why we do what we do and what we share, what we share, because, you know, the money is just money, but the ability to be free and be economically independent, allow you guys to focus on what needed to be focused on at that time and not be completely stressed out and have that be a massive issue as well. And money is a resource. And at the end of the day, yeah. the amount of resource doesn't matter as much as how you receive it and what you do with it. Yep. And it, that's a problem. I think that a lot of people don't realize because money is given and it's usually given in the form of like a W2. 
So it's like, okay, here you do. And the process of earning money takes away from the process of creating money. And that is something that is really important that we all have to realize is money is not tangible. It's not anything. It's just numbers in a computer screen. It's how we create value and how value is then. So the you create value, then how you distribute value is in the form of a business model, right? Yep. Then the perceived value is transmitted to society through an economic means, which is then given to you for transferring that value to society. And the more that we can create value is the, that's how the economy grows, everything else like that. But that's how we all live amazing lives that we do. At the end of the day, I, you know, I've been through a lot of stuff. You really realize how amazing your life is when the greatest thing that you've done in the last, you know, 20 years is take a drink of water. Um, and the price of a dollar, a dollar doesn't mean the same to everyone. Well, that money that I was receiving passively to pay for my kids and everything else like that, that might as well have been a million dollars a month or $50 million a month because that's the value that it had to me at that time. And it's creating that value within your life. And that is really, really important. Your time is extremely valuable. And the more you can do with your time, the more valuable it is. We've been able to do charities. We've been able to travel to foreign countries and give people wheelchairs. We've, we, my wife's bought a school. We're building a whole school training. So we're trying to solve problems and we're trying to build things and we're trying to create and deploy value. And really when we talk about like monetary gain, things like that, I think people need to focus more on how you create value within yourself, inside yourself, how you make yourself a better person, but then how you create value for other people and how you give it to other people. That's what it's all about. It's about helping other people. It's about deploying value that they need. This is really important. This is really important to society, how much we help each other out, how much we lift each other up, right? And this, the more value you can deploy, the more value you get in terms economically in the terms of wealth, which is time. At the end of the day, that's what my wealth was to me. It was time. And that's why it was so valuable because I needed time. I needed time to heal. I needed time to grow. I needed time to spend holding my children because I hadn't been able to hold them for months because I couldn't use my arm. And that time with them, with my wife and learning how to use my hands again, learning how to try to walk again and just doing functional talking, reading. I mean, I had to go through so much occupational therapy that time meant everything to me. Um, And that's what wealth is. It's time. And the more time you can get to do the things that not only you want to do, but help other people out, the more valuable you are, not only to society, but to yourself. And I really, really do believe that. And that's really important for a lot of people. They do not feel value receiving a paycheck. And I understand that because I didn't. That didn't make me feel fulfilled. It didn't make me feel valuable. And the reason was, was because I felt that my, the only value that I was giving was I was giving away my time. Well, I like my time and I have lots of things that I wanted to do with it. So being financially free, it, it is one of those things that it's just not about you. It's about everybody. And the mm-hmm. more financially free you can get and the more financially free you can help others get, the better we help society as a whole. And that's really important. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important that, you know, there's a couple of things that I just think about, too, that um, there's a lot of folks that are driven, and maybe I could throw myself in, in that category at one stage of my life, too, where you're so focused on producing and creating and trying to build this business and trying to 
trying to do this, that you, in some areas, let certain things go, like health, right? Low-hanging fruit, health. And then then folks do become successful. They do become, they do amass wealth or, but then at that stage, now they're trying to trade money for time again or trying to, you know, get, get their health back. But it should be something that's holistically built into built into all of this, right? Because we don't, we don't realize how lucky we are and how fortunate we are to, to be having that. You know, you see, even see billionaires. I think Warren Buffett said it the other thing too, other day too, rather to tie into what you're saying that, you know, he cannot buy more time at this stage. He's moving on towards the end of, of his life um, in this, this energy form and he cannot go back or or extended by by using his resources his money to buy more time well and that's why the third pillar so i talked about these three things that i really focus on the first is residual meaning it pays you constantly right the second is wealth meaning you own that income source right the third is time separation from money so all and what we've done and focus on is we were building our businesses we also built management companies to run them so when i was in the hospital my partners my dad and also my brother-in-law right they were our lives ended but our team that we had created and trained and we built these processes and systems to run our business, they kicked in. When I came back to work, even after being in the hospital, being in a coma, being fully paralyzed, we were making more money and my company was worth more than when I had gotten, when I had this happen to me. That to me was the test. And that's when I learned that third pillar. And it has to be a true, you literally have to be able to walk away, right? And if you can walk away, then you really do have wealth. And those three things are what create wealth. And building those, you know, for me too, this is where it gets also, you gotta be passionate. Getting into building the stuff, it's almost like gamified to me. It's yeah. fun, right? It's creating the ways to do this, to mean it, but it's hard and it should be hard. It needs to be hard, right? Yeah. It, it's part of the process of getting it. And that also makes the reward really sweet. But we had spent so much time build that second source of income that we owned that could be ran without us. What happened is I lost my big corporate job, right? I'm not going back to that. I'm sitting at home in a wheelchair, right? Or lying in my bed. And um, I don't like to sit still. And I thought, okay, I'm in rehab. I got everything else going on or whatnot. Well, instead of going back and get the job, instead, I'm just going to go into full creation mode. And that allowed me to do so much more because now I had this time, my management company could run it and I could think of high impact things. I could think of what do I want to accomplish? What do I want to build? And what do I want to grow? And that's where I should be. I should be working on my business, not in my business. I could expand our company. I could start new companies, new lines of revenue, and I could implement them. I started three different companies since then, um, since being out of the hospital and it it allows me to do so much more. So it's not, when you have that time, it's also not just about not doing anything. It's not about sitting on the beach, which by the way, was like the first thing I did. We got out of the hospital and I'd been home and as soon as we felt good enough, we're like, all right, we're going to Hawaii. So we just went and sat in Hawaii. Um, And uh, took my kids, we're like, we need this, right? And uh, I've been back twice, several times. I really enjoy using my time for those things, but my time is so much more valuable in the creation process and what that allows you to do and what that allows you to accomplish, which is great. But if you don't go through the struggle to learn how to create and how to deploy value, no one's going to give you that time 
right? Mm-hmm. Because your time needs to be spent on that. It needs to be spent on helping other people, creating value, doing all those things to reap those rewards. And that does, that comes with challenges, that comes with growth. You have to step up, you have to be a leader, right? You have to learn, spend time learning on things. And when you're working a job and you don't have that extra time, you got to sacrifice. All of a sudden, nights, weekends, I got to create my side hustle. I got to start learning as much as I can. Most of my 20s just were spent working. I spent it working with my family. I didn't hang out with friends on the weekend, right? I'd try to make like one ski trip with my buddies a year. But other than that, I didn't, I didn't hang out with friends. We didn't have a, we were really boring. We didn't have a life because I was so busy, busy working. I'm only 34 though now. And I have all the time to do all the things that I've dreamed of and I want to do and I want to change the world. And that comes, you, that's, that's the reward you get for the price that you pay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things that I love that you're saying there too, and in the strategic coach program, which I'm enrolled in as well, in that program, they talk about a self-managing company, right? Of building a company up to self-managing, and then you get it to a self-managing 10X, meaning it starts to self-multiply even with you unplugged from it. So, you know, that's why I love this discussion because that's something that you're, you're a you're a testimonial or a testament to that exact process of self-managing and then having your company multiply with you removed from it. And it's, it's great. This is a really important part. Now you're, you're up at this level. You're talking about this level that is extremely important, particularly when it comes to capital allocation. So you have to realize that the income you move from uh, maybe receiving that income to producing that income, right? And for mm-hmm. most entrepreneurs, that means we're doing everything right? Yep. You're doing everything. Essentially, all you're doing is still working for a wage, right? Yep. You are because the yep. moment you stop, your company stops, right? So you just move to how that money is being received to you. So that wage you're working for yourself as opposed to receiving in the form of the W-2. The next stage though, is building systems and process so that uh, that company allocated is generating a profit removed from you. That's great, but that's still not the next step. So think about somebody that owns a franchise, right? They own a franchise, they have an employee there and makes you know $60,000 a year, they're like, I'm free. That's still not the end though, because the problem with that is you can't grow. You're still consuming all of your resources. All that capital is still coming to you, which you live for free. What you need to do is your company needs to be able to produce revenue to pay for itself, all its expenses, pay for employees to run it, it needs to be able to pr- produce a profit for you, but it also has to produce revenue to allocate back into itself at a known rate of return in order to grow. That is the level that you're trying to achieve. You're trying to get a company that not only runs itself, not only delivers a profit for you, but has enough money to reallocate at a known rate of return. So that means it has a functionality that can be reprodu- reproduced over and over again. What this level is, this is a compounding effect that is hands-off. This is how you can scale. This is how you can grow. But you need to be able to achieve that. Too many people get one step along the way and they stop. They go, okay, well, now I'm trying to remove myself from my business. All right, now I've removed myself from my business. It's generating a profit and you know Bob's running it and then they're sitting there and they're like, okay, hey, now what do I do? Well, then what they do is they start doing activities in which they get paid for again, right? right. And they're back in the cycle. What they need to do is they need to increase profits. They need to leave, allocate those profits back in to reproduce it over and over and over and over again in no return and compound the results, therefore compounding their impact that they can have. Yep. 
Absolutely. No, so powerful. Some of the stuff that you've studied and learned um, and spent times on, like you said, I, I can relate to the weekends and, you know, in the beginning of, you know, you have to start doing something outside of what you're doing to, at that stage, create revenue, right? In, in order to get to the next step. Um, and one habit I've learned from very wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying and researching things. What are you currently studying and what were some of the things that you're focused on? Um, you know, so I, I found my studies kind of go through like a process, right? Um, I, I, you know, I think at first you, you study a lot of like motivational stuff. You're trying to get yourself going, try to figure it out. And then it becomes very up, um, application based. So all of a sudden you're in your business and you're like, I have to learn how to do this. And so you're pouring through books that is like next step learning process, right? But then you got to figure out how to remove yourself right? Out of your business, things like that. Then it becomes into more like self-mastery. Like, okay, now how do I work on myself and higher impact things, right? But then it comes to a next step where you're like, okay, now I got to go to the next level. So now I'm focusing on self-mastery, things like that. And now how do I grow not only me, but other people and how do I bring it in? And I think that's where I've more been in, in studying is on this mass ability to scale. So what resources are needed to allocate? And um, I, I really like those kind of books that are much, much higher level thinking. The problem is though, lots. it's really hard to find material uh, that fits the narrative. So I've joined several masterminds, things like that, where my learning is more based upon upon individuals. I will schedule time with certain individuals to learn how to move forward the next step. That's something I think everybody should do at any stage. First of all, you need a mentor, you need a process, but um, I, I study a lot of that. One of the things though that I found the best thing to study that always helps me that I study always is just the self-mastery. Not self-mastery as much as self-control. Um, I love Ryan Holiday. Um, ego is the enemy. Obstacle is the way. I, those just need to be read for me every single year. It keeps you in check, right? It allows you to make sure you don't get in the way of your own success because we all do. And you really need to figure out what you're doing that is prohibiting you from growing. And two, you need to learn that how to turn those problems in your life, those obstacles and how they do become the way. And obviously because of my uh, past and different things that have happened to me. Those, those have been very important to me. So those two books I think are like foundational books that I think you should just read every year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now a core message in our show is to leave our families and our community in the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset values and principles to future generations, not just money kind of ties into our theme for this discussion. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? Um, so I, I think the first one would be to understand why you're doing things. Um, most of the problems in my life has come because the reason that I did things was driven from either pride or ego, right? And those two things, they don't help you. They destroy you. And People that are driven by those two things should be avoided like cancer. Um, their whys are wrong. And so the first thing I do is just understand why you want what you want and why you're doing what you're doing. Is it because society tells you that's what you want? 
right? Are you getting a Lamborghini because you think that that's what's cool because that's what everybody else says? Like, is that why you're working? Like, which is a really silly reason to spend any time at all, but so many people do. And they're running and chasing their tails in circles, not doing or accomplishing anything that they really want that leaves them hollow, knowing that the first step they they took uh, was wrong. So that was the first first thing that I'd leave. Second thing that I would I would tell everyone is you are not on an island. And if you think that you are on an island and that that's successful, people are successful on an island, you will never be successful. You are only as successful as the people around you. You have to pull the best people around you and you have to have them help you to accomplish your vision and your goals. And if you are trying to do it, or if ego is stopping you from having other people, whatever it may be, you're just not going to make it. You need to have mentors. You need to have people that can help you in all aspects of your life to help you achieve. You don't know what you don't know. So stop pretending like you do. Just realize we're all dumb. We all need help. Move on. Right. Um, and then I think the third thing that I would leave is no matter how hard it gets, no matter how dark it may seem, trust me, I've been through hell and back. You can always come back. You can always get better. You can always turn bad situations into good situations. It's just how you look at it and what you do with life hands to you. It's your choice. And you can either let things defeat you or you can move on. Doesn't mean it's fun. Doesn't mean it's easy. Doesn't mean it's glamorous because it's none of those things, but it is your choice. Yeah. Very, very powerful. AJ, where can my listeners learn more about you? Where can they follow you and where can they stay informed of all the projects uh, that you're involved with? So one of the things that was really important to me and that I'm trying to accomplish is I like teaching financial principles and everything, but I don't like doing that without there being context and examples. So I have a blog, a YouTube channel, and then like at cashflow2freedom.com. And you can go to the YouTube channel and also my Instagram. And what I try to do is with these financial principles, I'm trying to merge in and show people, look, this is what we're doing right now. This is how we got here. This is what it's happening. This is what you need to do. So there's context. It's just not words, right? It's just yeah. not motivational. It's not because that's not what I'm trying to be, not anything like that. I like to teach and show financial principles that people can use actionable examples that they can follow and see those things in practice so they can understand how those generate the results and where the results come from. So cash flow to freedom, the number to freedom. Uh, com. That's the blog. Um, AJ Osborne's my Instagram, which I'm just always populating different projects, things that I'm doing, everything, even stuff on my recovery. Um, and then also you can go on YouTube, uh, Cashflow to Freedom, and that showcases a lot of the lessons, plus it um, showcases projects, building uh, companies for starting and all that. Well, AJ, my friend, this has been uh, quite an interview. I have to say a very inspirational uh, you know, this is, this has really, really been amazing. I appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey. Um, there's a lot of thoughts going through my head and I'm just, you know, grateful to have had this conversation with you. So, and look forward to staying in touch in the future. So thank you so much again for coming on the show and, uh, providing so much value for my listeners. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.
Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. Thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at CashflowNinja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.